And welcome to a bonus episode of LJ Fam. This is our first ever bonus episode, but if you listened to episode 60, I believe it is, yes, episode 60, um, where we talked about uh, the, the show me the way to go home scene, uh, you heard us talk about a band called Squalus. And if you heard that episode, you heard me immediately say, We've got to get them on the show. <laughs> so this is yes. uh, the interview with AJ from Squalus. AJ, uh, how's it going, man? Good. It's going great. Excited to be here. And yeah, thanks for coming on. For a minute. Um, so yeah, I reached out. I li- literally I found you guys on on Instagram after that, and I was like, I'm sliding in the DMs. I gotta I gotta talk to them. And I had I had the Great Fish on repeat for like a week in my car. It was like the only thing I listened to. Whoa, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> um, so the first question is, I think we'll start with the question we ask every guest, which is, what is it about Jaws? Like, what's your what's your Jaws love story of sorts? Sure. Um, I have a kind of a similar one, I think, to a lot of people. So I'm like 43, born 78. Mm. So the movie had already come out um, and it had been out for a bit when I was a kid. I think I was exposed to it probably a little too young. Um, sure. my parents were just like, yeah, we're, we're going to watch Jaws and Aaron's going to be here sitting there watching it. I was probably like six or something by the time, you know, that happened. I mean, I remember being really young and so it had a major impact on me on a real visceral level. Um, and you know, I, I worked in the aquarium industry for 20 plus years. I've been involved in marine sciences and everything kind of my whole life and definitely obsessed with it. And so much of that, if not really all of that, you know, began there with that exposure to what the, (laughs) to this concept of the ocean and the concept of the things in the ocean um, for better or for worse. And it just stuck with me. And I, I think the visuals in the movie affect people differently. I think everyone on the planet Earth has a has a real primal reaction to the ocean, uh, whether it's uh, you know fascination and wonder and a desire to enter it, to be to kind of return to it, or it's total repulsion, fear and, and anxiety. Um, and I think there's a million different reasons for those feelings because there's a million different aspects to the ocean. I think the movie so brilliantly captures one of those reasons um, and does so in a way that, you know, imagine if anybody else directed that movie, it just, it wouldn't have been what it is. It wouldn't have literally changed modern, (laughs) the modern uh, psyche. Um, And so of, of mankind, really, of anybody who's ever seen it. So, my reaction to it was, holy shit, sharks are the most incredibly fascinating, scary, amazing, beautiful, terrifying, you know, 
powerful things uh, ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and, and we've talked about this at length on the show, kind of, which is that I feel like for a short time, sharks were kind of feared to a degree where it, it kind of hurt them. Um, oh, yeah. Because of but the movie. Because of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, but, but then, like, that just happened with the people who were already adults who had seen yeah. it. But oh, yeah. all the kids who had seen it grew up loving the ocean, loving marine science, loving yeah. sharks. And, like, That's it almost is, is, had the opposite effect on the, the kids who grew up with it. And they became the marine scientists we have now and have actually helped facilitate repopulation of sharks uh oh yeah because of that i mean if you you know uh uh the 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 doe sisters who have been on the show katie and megan they live in you know the the roughly the same area where they filmed the movie and they said that they're seeing a huge resurgence of sharks on the east coast right now yeah and i think it's because of i mean in part it's because of the people who grew up loving jaws wanting to do something about it um, you know, yep. Jack Cooper is a shark scientist who was on the show and he basically reached out to us and was like, Hey, I want to come on the show because Jaws is integral to me becoming a shark scientist. Exactly. Dude. I have so many marine biologist friends, so many, you know, just science aquarium, you know, STEM friends in general and holy cow. So many of them just pinpoint Jaws is the beginning point, you know? The only other movie I would say that had that same impact, but for another generation, was Jurassic Park. Yeah. And, and, and that's a younger generation, you know? So, like, I own a dinosaur and shark-themed store, retail store. And I either get the people kind of my age or around my age that have grown up obsessed with sharks in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And that manifests in them in various different ways. Maybe they go into sciences. Maybe they're just really extreme fishermen. Maybe they keep aquariums, you know, or they just love this stuff in general. Yeah. And then I have this other generation that's 20 years later that is obsessed with dinosaurs. Um, and so it's the same deal. I mean, Spielberg knew exactly what he was doing, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he got to do that twice, right? Like, he made, he made yeah. like, moment-defining blockbuster films for two separate generations twice. Yep. Crazy. Yep. It, yeah. I mean, absolutely cool. mad <laughs> yeah. when you when you think about it. He, um, he, he's like a band that's put out like 35 records and only like maybe two of them are like, eh, I'm not yeah. that into one. <laughs> yeah, the other, exactly. The other 35 or whatever are like the best damn record you've ever like heard in your life. It just yeah. it was a different genre or something. That's yeah. That's well, cool. it, you could make an argument too that he did the same thing with space for kids and ET. Dude, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's tackled everything from, I mean, dude, UFOs, man. You yeah. know, strange encounter. I mean, holy cow! And if you look into the, like his making of that and some of the research he did, people he talked to, like he went in deep. Yeah, there, there's a lot of really heavy shit in that movie. Mm -hmm. that actual realities, sightings, and people's, you know, stories, but. No, he's, he's, he's incredible. And yeah, at the end of the day, that's why, I mean, obviously you've, you've probably had this conversation a thousand times on the show, but you know, the, the movie hit me because of the dark water and the giant beast in it. Mm -hmm. and then I kept wanting to watch it over and over again, not just for that, that adrenaline kick from the fear, but also because of the love 
of the characters who I, I couldn't get enough watching, you know, uh, the love of the scenery and the town and just, you know, I, I'm born and raised like Sacramento, California. So to see okay. this like super quaint Northeastern, you know, Martha's Vine Vineyard town just seems so magical and different from what I was growing up with, you know, yeah, just suburbs and like strip malls. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm from Bakersfield, California. So. There you go. You know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sure. uh, so yeah, so all this led to to Squalus, which is your your band, and also Giant Squid, which is is it the same band? Is it? Yeah, Giant Squid was so Squalus is basically everybody from Giant Squid minus my wife. Okay. Um, uh, Jackie, who played cello in Giant Squid. And when Giant Squid decided that, you know, it's Jackie and I, we have two daughters, one of which is like lurking over here trying to eat snacks without me seeing it. <laughs> Bye. Get out. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, it got to a point where just being in the same band together was so incredibly hard because of managing the kids. And it wasn't fair to the kids. And we weren't really enjoying ourselves on the road or at the show so much. I mean... It was just such a nightmare. So she has another band called Gracian that keeps her busy. And I obviously watch the girls as she goes and does Gracian. And then I wanted, I had this two-piece band called Hellship, um, which morphed into, I, then we changed the name to Cartilage because I wanted to become this Jaws-themed thing, which is why I'm here. And then there was actually a death metal band starting at the same time in Oakland called Cartilage. We're both super brand new. And we had that issue of like, ah, I don't know, man, like who gets to use the name? And then I looked it up online and there was like 10 other bands called Cartilage. I said, well, you know what? That That's your fight to fight. We're good. We're going to be squalid. Yeah. Um, a, a way better, like more refined Jaws nerdy name. Yeah. Um, and then the other two guys from Giant Squid were like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you know? And we were like, I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. You want to play some music? And so we like, ship two bass guitars. Let's go get keyboards in here. And uh, and off we went, you know? So yeah. like, if you take out the feminine energy that's always defined Giant Squid, mm -hmm. and you just put us four dudes with, you know, beer and super nerdiness for something in a room, that's what happened. Yeah. So all four of you are, are big Jaws nerds then. You gotta yeah, be to be absolutely. to be to be in Squalus. You gotta be. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, to be in Squalus. But I mean, I'm definitely like the dude. You know, yeah. like this is what we're gonna do, and here's this scene, and the dialogue is gonna be like this, and we have to conjure the feeling of the shark coming up from the bottom, and you just see the barrels, and swim, Charlie, swim, and you know the other guy's like, yeah, dude, that's that sounds great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, a handful of times. You know, I've obviously seen it like four hundred thousand. So. Yeah, you've seen it a handful of times every year you've been alive. <laughs> yeah, 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 and read the book multiple, multiple times, you know. Yeah. Especially once we really went all in on the band because I had to, like, mine the book for lyrical content, you know. Yeah. So Sarah Sarah did send in some questions, even though she couldn't join us today. Um, so her, that was one of her questions was about the lyrics, specifically any, like, have you guys had to face any copyright battles with that? Because they, they're, they're, all the lyrics are straight from the book or the movie, right? Um, yeah, two, two of the songs, it actually ended up not using a whole lot from the book. The book worked really well for the description of the attacks, you know, right. 
Uh, because right. how do you narrate and attack without sounding cheesy? Well, you you use Benchley's brilliant writing for it, you know. Um, actually, I would say three of the songs because there is um, um, shit. What's the name of that record? A violent climax or the uh... yeah yeah oh yeah actually the, so there's there's four. Violent climax is the song that depicts the 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 love scene, um, mm -hmm. and then. Um, Mass and Power. <laughs> Thank you, dude. I'm so I'm drawn blank. I literally wrote the record. Mass and Power. Um, that song is the actual description of Hooper being eaten and killed. Oh, okay. Uh, in the book, you know. Right. Um, for the longest, what's funny about our band is we have these working titles forever until we go into the studio, and then, or even till like, I'm literally putting the names of the song on the album art, and so like, to me, that song is just called Hooper's Death because that's what oh, we call okay. it. That, you know, yeah. 30 band practices. And then, then the realized I'm like, okay, here's what it is actually called. Um, but yeah, that one, and then the 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 two attack scenes on our record, um, Flesh, Bone, and Rubber, and then The Great Fish, which is you know, basically Chrissy getting getting at the beginning. Um, the rest is taken as, as quotes from the movie. Um, I was worried about copyright kind of stuff, but what I'm doing is I'm, I'm keeping the lyrics, I'm keeping the actual text in order. So no matter what, like, I don't, like, go five pages forward and grab this cool line here and then put it before this. Right. Like, if, if I could take the book and highlight the lyrics, and then you could listen to the song, and you would, you would read the highlighted sections in order as you went down. Right. Um, and the only thing I think I ever modified, and it was almost by accident, I think there's like one or two little little pronouns that get added in there, you know. Um, I'm trying to think a good example of that, but you know, like like a, I, I even call that a pronoun, like a like a this or a the, just oh, yeah. it came out in the way I sang it, you know. Right. Um, like the shark, this shark or whatever, and then I go back, I listen to the movie, I'm like oh he actually doesn't say that, you know. Um, yeah. Like uh, a good example. Um, in uh, our town meeting song, I think I say, this shark will swallow you whole. Mm, uh, oh, yeah. He says, this shark swallow you whole. Yeah. So, but it just it kept coming out like that playing, you know, and then I recorded it and we and then it's done. And then I realized like, ah, shit, he doesn't say will. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah. so that's I'm glad you brought up town meeting. That's my favorite song on the record. Okay. Um, Thanks. That's the that's the one I listen to a bunch. I my favorite thing is the keyboard at the beginning doing the nails on the chalkboard. I thought I that's so it's so great. It's such a great touch. Uh, it, you know what that is? That's a uh, it's a fork on a plate. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So we the, at the studio we recorded that at. You stay in this apartment downstairs of the house mm. of the engineer, and we just we took a plate from the kitchen and a fork and put it up to a. Four thousand dollar microphone and <laughs> record it. <laughs> there, there's a that's lot of weird little sound effects stuff like that. We we just recreated, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's what I wanted to talk about. So I'm an audio engineer. Um, okay. So I do mainly live sound stuff, front of house um, nice. type stuff. So if you're ever in Fort Collins, hit me up. Right. I'll mix you. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the the soundscape of the the record is really like. It's really well thought out, obviously. Thank you. Um, but, I mean, how do you end up conveying 
the feeling of Jaws. I mean, obviously, as a as a metal record, it's it that's a no brainer. It's the perfect genre to yeah. to make yeah. that. But how do you end up conveying that with you know kind of the the limited palette of an instrument, right? Like uh, obviously, there's infinite modulations and stuff you can do with an with an instrument, but you still have to convey things that are very visual or very, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously it's an auditory medium, but there's like professional yeah. sound people who do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think part of it was unconscious and some, uh, you know, subconscious coming subconsciously is how we're going to produce this. And then some of it was very well thought out. Um, I think by eliminating the guitars and making everything just bass guitars yeah. um, creates a, a, an unsettling and un, uh, familiar setting, right? Because 99.9% .9 of all metal records are guitars. <laughs> high end attack, palm muting, super high gain distortion, all the the normal tropes you know and cliches you know and uh, ways of playing the guitar that you know from a bazillion metal records. Well, you take that out. You take out the most defining element of metal music, right? The most the yeah. defining like physical thing that makes metal metal you pull that out and you still make a metal record with just these two bass guitars. That's unsettling. That's weird. And then you add these, the totally like prominent upfront lead instrument of a, of multiple synths, you know, yeah. like usually you hear synth and metal music and it's like kind of corny or it's like operatic or it's like mm -hmm. goth doom, black metal. And you know, all that's cool. I'm not downplaying. I'm just saying like, it, it becomes really obvious and kind of cliche, like let's have pipe organ or let's do, you know, spooky stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I call that Scooby-Doo music. Yeah, when it gets really Scooby-Dooey, you know, and, and dude, like it's hard to walk that fine line. I mean, we did it with Chinese Squid as well. And that I give all that credit to our brilliant keyboardist, Andy, who's just like one of the best musicians I've ever known and the pleasure to work with, truly brilliant. And he just has a mastery of knowing this isn't going to suck. Like, this won't be cheesy, but yeah. it will challenge you. So if, you, if you're if you like a super trad metal guy or you're just listening to hardcore or metalcore, I don't know, whatever, yeah. you know, and then you hear this, like, 45-year-old Moog up front, you know, leading the way while two bass yeah. guitars are, like, underneath, that's going to throw you off. And I'm actually always really stoked with how well people have received it. Cause it is a strange, strange sounding record. But that said, you know, you take a bass guitar and you put a lot of reverb on it, play it through a Fender twin, turn all the high end down as much as you can, even though they're still like really bright. Yeah. Clanking in the nature of the instrument, but you try to, you know, bury it underwater. And if you play it the right way, to me, it just sounds like a fucking shark. The, a low C note on bass sounds like Jaws to me. And mm. and, and we all said that. We all, we're always like, when the shark attacks, you go to your Jaws notes, you know, which is basically down here. Yeah. Uh, and so it yeah, works, I, you know? I, yeah, the, the record, I mean, you know, obviously it's going to sound menacing, just the, the nature of it. But it evokes, like, the kind of otherworldly atmosphere that the shark can embody sometimes. We've, ta we've talked on the show before about how it's it's interesting that that you know spielberg's follow-up to this is close encounters which is a, a space movie uh, yeah. like pretty traditionally about a, an encounter with like a, a foreign alien being but right. i mean jaws in some ways very much is the same thing it just is under the water yeah 
funny as I called that movie Strange Encounters earlier. I was <laughs> I was doing something about Stranger Things. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's the same deal. I mean, and if you watch Duel, you know, everybody, you know, references Duel, um, mm-hmm. you know, Duel's the same thing, just with the truck. Um, yeah. And, but, like, being run down by a big menacing truck with no driver is pretty terrifying, but that's never really, I don't know, I mean, I guess we could relate to that, because it, it is a daily, it's an environment we're all in daily, like mm-hmm. roads and streets, you know? Um, but it doesn't strike the primal fear because right. it, cause it, it, it's a modern day machine. Um, and then with, uh, close accounts of their kind, that is something that's hard for people to wrap their head around because it is so, for lack of a better word, astral, <laughs> celestial, yeah. uh, you know, whether you believe that that's even possible or not, you know, we'll, already sets the tone for if that movie is going to really hit you plus that movie isn't really done to be like these things are fucking terrifying right yeah jaws again it comes back to something that is so primal dark bodies of water endless bodies of water water you can't see the bottom of what the fuck is in there oh it's a 25 foot goddamn great white shark with a head like a giant frog that just wants to swallow everybody you know um that's Ah, so so powerful you know um yeah so do you so what's what's next for for squalus like you've done the whole film as you know a record are you doing the sequels are you um top secret bro okay (laughs) we have big plans okay um originally actually originally we were going to do like a trilogy of peter benchley stuff oh okay and we were going to Go to the island next. Mm. Okay. Which I absolutely love that book. Um, and so we were gonna do that. Uh, basically, pirates, and then mm. we were gonna do the beast, um, which would be kind of a strange return to form since it's about a giant squid. Right. But I realized a couple different things. Very few people that I know have ever read the the island. Uh, very few people have ever watched that '70s movie, which is also fun and kind of amazing. So it's not going to have that same impact Mm -hmm. uh, to the listeners and people at large, right? Right. It starts to become more of a a, uh, self-fulfilling kind of geeky project for me, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, And then The Beast was like a made-for-TV movie, and, you know, it's an okay book, but, like, it, the beast doesn't inspire me. Mm-hmm. Jaws changed my life. You know, I yeah. thought the island was cool. Be, the beast was like, eh, you know, Bishley wasn't always, <laughs> always knocking it out of the park. You know, right. the, the deep is great. Um, beast is fun. You know, you read white shark and you're like, what the fuck was this guy on? <laughs> Robotic Nazi shark. Like, all right. Yeah. It was super cool when I was a kid, but, um, Anyway, so so then we kind of started to go, well, maybe it's not about Benchley, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. obviously what changed all of our lives was the movie. It, for as much love and credit I want to give to Benchley, you know, it, um, it, it really comes down to that movie. So anyways, we got big plans. We're working on the next thing. Um, 
I will come back on your show to announce it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <time>. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I have, uh, I know you got to go. You got like five minutes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. Dude. I, I could literally sit here and talk to you for like three hours. On yeah, job. I know. Yeah, we'll have to do we'll have to do this again for okay. sure because this is definitely. I apologize for that. We uh, yeah, that's okay. I open my retail shop at eleven, and then we're gonna go look at this house down in the other neighborhood to hopefully, you know, see if it's something we could move to. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just have uh, I have I have two quick things. What uh, one I I I gotta ask because I see it behind you, and we talked about it off mic. So Godzilla is obviously like number two, it seems like, or maybe even number one for yeah. you. Um, so what do you think the connection is between like Jaws and Godzilla? Because I think there's a huge crossover in those two fan yes. bases from yeah. what I've learned. Yeah. Um, like, is it because I would hesitate to say the shark is a kaiju because kaiju means strange beast, right? Like sure. yeah. everyone can wrap their head around a shark. Yeah, uh, yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah. a strange beast, right? But um, it's still like there's still a, a love from for both franchises. I think from from a lot of people. I think uh, you could boil it down to the, the physical material world. Uh, both films uh, expertly use an actual physical object to manifest fear and or wonder. Um, so. You know, in a world of all CGI, everything now, um, Bruce and the movie, just the movie works so well because you had these actual physical sharks <laughs> in the water, you know. Yeah. So they had these giant robotic sharks and it, it always just looked incredible. And then if you look at Godzilla, the reason why those movies responded so much to, you know, I, I responded so well to them as a kid is because for lack of a better way to put it, it looked real because it was real yeah, because yeah. there was a physical monster there destroying a physical city and or a village and then fighting another physical monster and filmed at such a beautiful way because the guy, the filmmakers at Toho were so brilliant in this, in this regard to make it look like these things were huge, you know? Mm -hmm. And it only got better with time as their control of atmospheric perspective was better and better so it made it look like you're looking through miles of air before you see godzilla over the mountain and that's what yeah. makes it look so you know um it, it, versus just like oh they're obviously on a set you know <laughs> right. with little buildings um i mean i just watched the 4k uh remaster of the original 54 oh, with the draft house yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was our big Godzilla Day event we threw. Mm -hmm. And uh, holy cow, you know, for how many times I've seen that movie to kind of watch it a, on the big screen and uh, and to just be so, um, I don't want to say refined, but just kind of sharp. It really shows the mastery of their approach to filming those scenes to make you forget that that might just be a guy in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you really start to be like, oh shit, that thing is terrifying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like the guy in the suit adds a lot of emotionality to yeah. it that you, you can't get uh Absolutely. from Absolutely. it because it moves it moves in a vaguely human way that like yeah. makes it kind of mystical. Yes. 
Exactly. And that's why those kind of kaiju are always more tend to be the most popular, you know, the ones that have some kind of humanoid-ish acting to them. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, when when it, when they start, like, especially with, like, Ultraman, where they got so insane with all the different monsters. Yeah. When it starts to become, like, a blob with, like, three mouths and, like, the head's coming out of its ass and, you know, everything else, you're like, ah, that's wacky. That's super crazy, you yeah. know? But I don't respond to it. You know, when I watch Ultraman, I respond to, like, Red King because he, he's, like, still like a dude in a suit. Yeah. And, you know, and you can kind of relate to his anger and the way he wants to fight and wrestle. Yeah. Um, you know, same with most of, even the, the quadruped, if you could say that, you know, Kaiju and Toho, like, Angerus and Baragon, you know, yeah. I love those. Because you can still see, he's just on his knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just on his knees. He's actually not standing on his back feet like an animal would. Yeah. You know, um, so you're right, man. And I don't know, maybe you could even say the same thing about, you know, the whole team of people that were controlling the hydraulics of Bruce, mm-hmm. you know, and doing, making it act and come alive. I mean, how terrifying is this scene when Bruce is finally on the boat, yeah. his jaws are snapping and his head's moving and Quint sliding down towards it. Huh. When I was a kid, I was like, that's, that's hell on earth. Yeah. I would just take the machete and start hitting myself in the head. So I wouldn't have to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the, you know, the, you've seen all the behind the scene pictures. There's dudes running hydraulics and doing this yeah. and making it. You know? So there's, you watch any other like really bad Jaws knockoff that came after like the Italian stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, it might as well just be a styrofoam shark. They're just like pushing in the water towards, you know, the yeah. victim. There's, there's zero, you, immediately you're like, that's not anything. That's, that's a prop. Yeah, for Bruce sure. This was like, ah, that's that thing's alive in a weird way. You've seen the footage, right, where they're filming the cage scene in the like, you know, backlot pool at Universal or whatever, and they've got that version of Bruce in the pool, and you know, they got the cage, and they're they're firing the hydraulics to make the mouth go, and you can see like the jowls and stuff, like you know, move with the mouth movement, like flesh in a way. And the way they the way they made that that jaw mechanism, and the way it could be controlled by the hydraulics, that right there, that behind the scenes footage is like terrifying. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I would have a hard time getting in that pool, and I'm a like scuba diver, like I've been on the bottom of the ocean by myself in the dark. Yeah. In Monterey. And I would have a hard time being in the pool looking at that, being like, oh god, it's just a robot. It's so dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know? it, it, all the behind-the-scenes footage of the shark is super scary. Like, the 16-millimeter fi- footage of them filming the Kittner death is, I mean, yeah. it looks like the Zapruder film. Like, it's Oh, my God. Rough. That is, yeah, the barrels of blowing air and blood coming up underneath. Yeah, and you, yeah you see those those photos from the shots they didn't use where, like, he's actually in the mouth. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> that scene, yeah. that scene is so gnarly and amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so last thing, because I know you got to go. Yeah, where yeah. where can people find you? Where 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 can they find Squalus? Where can they buy the music, listen to it, yeah. etc. Or um, if you have that in Bandcamp. Bandcamp is always kind of the best way. We're actually on there twice because we have the site that we made originally as a band, and then Translation Loss, our record label, has their Squalus page. Either one works. It doesn't matter to us. Um, we don't like necessarily see any more money digitally if you buy it anywhere else and we don't really care about that because it's all pennies anyways 
Um, if you really need to, you can just go to YouTube, probably find the whole album, you know, to listen to mm-hmm. for reference. But you can stream it from Bandcamp. It's the best place. And then you can decide whether you want to buy some stuff. Um, we do have a website called This Shark is No, I'm sorry. This song is about sharks.net. Um, this song is about sharks.net. Yes. Uh, and we have our our um, stuff for sale there. I have a T-shirt company called Cotton Crustacean, which actually deals with the we're the people who fulfill the orders for the, the records and the T-shirts. So okay. you can also go to cottoncrustacean.com and then just go into the little shop thing and you'll see Giant Squid, Gracian, and Squalus. We're all in there. Okay, great. And then do you guys have any, I know you guys just played your first uh, tour yeah. or your first show. First show um, back, like literally first time we were in the same room together. It was just, we got on stage and wow. <laughs> did it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. do you guys have a tour planned or... We have some some really cool shows coming up next year. Uh, we're playing uh, Northwest Terror Fest, which is an amazing like three or four day uh, four day music festival, metal festival in Seattle. Um, and we're gonna be up there with uh, who's playing that same day? Gracie and our sister band with my wife. Um, Ludacra is reuniting to play that show, which is incredible. Uh, I think Sandrider. Um, I think that's who they're called. It's the guys from Akimbo who did the uh, another awesome. Madowin Shark Attack album. Um, Squid did it first, though. But anyways, uh, and then we're playing a Litha Cascadia, which is kind of a really strange festival off in the woods of the Northwest um, Washington, you know, forests. Uh, and then we're just gonna be doing, you know, regional local shows in California. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, well, go. yeah. Thanks for your time, man. I know you gotta get going, but uh, we will do absolutely do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do it again so we can watch Joss. Yeah, we didn't, for sure. we didn't watch for one minute. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, All right. Cool. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks, I appreciate it, man. Yep, for sure. All I right. I got to get going. All right. Later.